Knox, Knox, Knox! Woo! Welcome to Knoxin on Knoxville's Door, a podcast where two Knoxville boys talk about all things Knoxville and East Tennessee and share a few laughs. Only a few laughs. My name is Trey Townsend. And I'm Grant Howard. We're coming to you guys live from the tip of the sun sphere. And it is a beautiful morning out here in East Tennessee. It is very beautiful. Recording in the very top. I don't know if you call it the top or the tip. It's, it's Does a sphere have a tip? The the uppermost face the tip, of the sun sphere. Tip of the top of the sun sphere. We're like a little hat. That we, get, we rented out this lovely little booth. It's a little booth up there. It's actually entirely transparent. And if you look close enough, and I'm serious, when you're driving by, you can see our two chairs on top of the tip of the sun sphere. Yes. They look like black dots. They're up there. Yeah. And um, I'm actually going to... There's... There's a little hole yes. at the top. I, you can stick... People don't know this. Like, you don't... You have to, like, really tip. Mm-hmm. Really tip to get... You can stick your head through the hole. We've done it. You can see all of Knoxville without the, like, you know, 10-inch glass between you. I, in fact, I'm going to do it right now. Okay. Gonna, right, Trey's going to do it, guys. Okay. So I'll just stand on my chair here. You stand on the chair. Okay. Ooh, it's a brisk morning out here. Oh my. Oh my. Wow. Oh wow, wow. he made it through. It was it was oh, a little t- it was a tight Trey. squeeze. Oh. <coughs> oh, Trey? Are you it, 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 It's cold. It's cold. Trey. It's okay. Trey. I need you to give you... Oh, Trey, okay. Come on. Hey. Come on. Get, get out. Oh, oh, oh whoa. Hey. Hey. Are you all right? No. We'll just we'll cut that. Yeah, out. we're gonna cut that out. Oh my god, that they don't tell you. Oh, uh, we we do not advise sticking your you head get through that the... high up. How I was at least what forty feet off the ground. I think you're at least two stories off the ground, and it's like a hundred degrees cooler up there. Yeah, I mean, there's oh. a reason they keep the Christmas trees year round on top of St. Mary's. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> and I cannot feel my ears. Okay. That's a good thing we decided to rent out this entirely transparent booth on top of the tip of the sun sphere, not, you know, just be free and free balling on top of the sun sphere up there. Oh boy. The only thing about the booth that is is pretty small, so like I'm like six six inches away from the brim of your hat. Yeah, so. we're actually like sitting in in each other's laps. Like his legs are wrapped around my abdomen and we share one mic actually. It it's actually works out really well. I mean the overhead's really cheap. Yeah. Yeah, we only we're, get one mic. Yeah, and we're renting this out. Uh, they gave it to us for only five thousand dollars. I mean, our notoriety really helped to get the get the cost down. Yes, yes, we got down to five grand an episode. I was like, I don't know if you know us, <laughs> but we actually hosted the lip sync contest at Fulton High School when we were uh, sophomores and juniors. Mm-hmm. Uh, juniors and seniors, I think. Oh yeah, you're right. It was definitely juniors and seniors. But anyways. We are today on this inaugural episode of Knox and Knoxville's Door. We're going to talk about the Knox County Mayor's Race and tell you everything, literally everything you need to know about who might be the next mayor of Knox County. I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight, Jim. Budweiser. Oh, what was that, Grant? Well, who was that? Was that, was that Knoxville's Joan of Arc, Peyton Manning? Knoxville's. Paul McCartney. Knoxville's Philip Fulmer. Peyton Manning. (laughs) And that means it's time for our segment, Standing Manning. 
Standing Manning, Standing Manning, Standing Manning. I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight, Jim. Budweiser. This is Standing Manning, a segment where we take a look back at the illustrious career of Peyton Manning himself. The historic and monolithic career of the man, the myth, the legend, the first and only Petro-sponsored pro of the Petro's Chili Bowl League, Peyton Manning. Not only do we look back at his career, we try to get inside the mind of Peyton himself. And this is like one of those things where they talk about like uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. When I think about Peyton Manning, I'm getting closer to my idol himself. And I'm thinking about the way he would think about historical events. Yes. And this historical event took place on October 6, 2003. I think we both would have been 11 years old. Yes, I would have been 11 years old. Very fat and very awkward. Um, when I think back to this age... I think I would have been in sixth grade. So I picture myself in, I had this like outfit where I wore like um, these like blue, dark blue, mm-hmm. swishy pants. Yeah. Did they have the buttons on the side? I don't think they had the buttons, but I think they were definitely had like an elastic waistband. And... Have you ever thought how inappropriate it was for children to be walking around yeah, wearing rip off male stripper pants? When we were in like elementary school, it was like a big thing. I think I had some. I just remember like our classmates wearing that in like Guy Fieri flame Hawaiian shirts. That was the look. That was that look back in the day. At least that was the North Knox look. So it's October 6, 2003. Uh, by the way, what were you wearing? What would you be wearing on that? I would have been wearing uh, men's pants because I was too fat to wear the Husky brand anymore. My mother cried when she bought me them. Um, I was with her. Shout out to Walmart. She actually cried. My mother cried. It was a really quiet cry, though, where she was, like, trying not to see it, and she, like, stifled her. She, like, put her, she had, like, a tight fist, my mother's tight, hardworking woman's fist over her mouth and silently cried in the checkout as she bought them. (laughs) Sixth grade was tough for me. I didn't have my brother there to show me the ropes, and uh, it was tearful, and the reason I mention that is I cried when I couldn't figure out how to work the combination lock to lock my locker, and it was... Much in the way that I learned in stride from my mother, I silently cried in the back of my homeroom class when I couldn't get the lock to unlock. Oh, no. And then I'm pretty sure someone said, Hey, hey, Grant's crying because he can't open the lock. It's one of those things I think about, just like when you're in the shower and awful agony from your childhood creeps up on you. So while Grant was struggling to open his locker in middle school, Peyton Manning was... Um, coming back on Monday Night Football and what ended up being one of the greatest NFL comebacks of all time. Of all time. He was down. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't either. He was down. The Colts were down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They the were Bucks? Down, that's, a, that's still a team? Back yeah. then they were actually good? Yeah. They were, I think, maybe... Listen, I don't know football, but I know the I Buccaneers suck they balls. Had just won. They had just won Super Bowl. Is this where they Gruden was the coach? At some point, yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe it was later they won. Maybe it was like two thousand three. Anyways, they were like kind of good. And if we're really pissing you off about historical sports facts, add at us at Knoxon on, on Knoxville's door. At us. At us. Okay. At us on LinkedIn. At us on LinkedIn. That's our only social media presence. Yeah. Um, or um, you can email us at tipofthesunsphere at gmail.com. Tip of the Sunsphere. 
Uh, we don't actually have that email, but we hope to get it. Actually, I want to get that now. <laughs> we have that email, everybody. Okay. Colts were down by 21 points with four minutes left, and they come back and win the game. That's what? That's That's at least one. That's What is that? That's six. Okay, it's five field goals and three safeties. That's six and two-thirds of a field goal. I think that's right, Grant. I think that's right. That's pretty close. That sounds right. right. It's like 20 or 21 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Seven field goals. But enough football talk. Okay. Here's what is also probably even more important. Three days before, on October 3rd, Roy Horn of Siegfried and Roy, the Tiger performers in Las Vegas, is attacked by one of his Tigers, mm. leaving him partially paralyzed. Siegfried and Roy never perform again. I remember this very well. I remember it being a big deal. This was a big deal. On the Today Show before school. So what this segment of Standing Manning is all about is what do we think Peyton Manning thought about the Siegfried and Roy Tiger attack? Well, as as we can infer from the mascots of the teams that he's played for, um, Ooh, I think I think that Peyton think is this. very a very large proponent of equine and canine, and I think if you think about that, what is the nemesis of equine and canine? Tiger feline. feline. Oh, okay. Ti- yes, that, that's right. And tigrine is a feline. And listen, this so is we're a, both correct. We're yeah, both yeah, correct. yeah, for sure. And like, here's the thing: is that. We love Peyton Manning in my in my house. And when this happened, got rid of all cats in the neighborhood. All in the name, not just the house, the neighborhood. Listen, they were they were a threat to everybody. And he's the standard by which Knox Millions have to live. And I said, Nemesis of Peyton Manning, no way they're on this block. Also, think about this. You're in Peyton's mind. You're like, hey, I played for the Colts. The Colts. That's a horse. That's a horse. Equine. An equine. And I don't want no Tigrine killing my equine. Yes. Also, what color did I wear in college? Oh, I don't know. What about Tennessee orange? Tennessee orange. The color of the Tigrine. The Tigrine. So, whose side do you think he's on? Mmm. Mm. I would say the side of the Tigrine. You think so? Yeah. So I he think... was probably like, he probably like, oh, man, well. He's like torn. How was he torn? I, I think he was. From, you think it's clear cut? I think he's like, you know, Roy. My boy Roy, I mean, you kind of had it coming. Like, I'm glad you're not dead, but, you know. I feel like his name only worked in a performance because the first guy's name was so much cooler than his anyways. Like, Roy just had it coming. Like, Uh, he was the and Roy. There's no way that's his real name, right? They were, like, German. Siegfried? Siegfried is real. Yeah, that's a good name. But then, and Roy? Roy Horn? Yeah, you're right. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we went to school with a Roy Horn. Mm-hmm. It's not. We didn't go to school in the 1950s, Grant. Oh yeah, you're right. Old Dick Horn. <laughs> How did that become a nickname for Richard? Have you thought about that? Uh, Richard Nixon, actually, he was like Tricky Dick. He's like, call me Dick. I, I that was very that good. was excellent. That was very that was good. Good. You know, the phone last night. They call me Dick. They call me Dick. Call me Dick Nixon. <laughs> 
the, the president deck. <laughs> okay, that's been Standing Manning. Standing Manning. Standing Manning. Standing Manning. I'm going to drink a lot of beer tonight, Jim. Budweiser. So we're now going to talk about our background in Knoxville. What makes, what gives us the right to talk about Knoxville, to knock on Knoxville's door 10 times in a row and be like, Knoxville, this is what we're getting out of you. That's right, buddy. Stick it so to we're going to go back to the beginning. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Oh, you want to go first because we're just going to delve into the tragedy that is Grant Howard's childhood. I was born June 25th, 1992, St. Mary's Hospital, mm. room 311, I actually don't know. Half Christmas. Half Christmas. Best birthday ever. Best birthday. Bisex the year perfectly to get gifts every six months. Yes, bisexed. <laughs> not, not, go ahead. I grew up for the first five years or so in you only grew up for the first five years only grew i grew up for five years and i was like i'm a boy now i'm a a, boy i'm a boy you just stopped it boy never (laughs) went to man he was just a boy at five and still a boy today at 25 so i'm a five-year-old boy yep my parents come to me and my boy brother yes and they say young boy brother at this point he's not five years old no he's not a boy he's a young boy he's a boylet He's a boylet. So they say, boy, 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 child, boy, come sit down. And they said, we are getting a divorce. And you, and your father said, sit on your mother's lap, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was amicable and loving, a loving divorce. <laughs> it was a loving divorce. It's the death of our marriage and love for one another, but we're going to separate in a loving manner. Yes. And my mom said, well, boys. We're moving to the city. So ding da ding da ding da ding 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 moving to the city. Moving to the city. Oh. We moved to the city with my mom. Uh close to where she grew up. Okay. Where part of town was your mom from? Uh Knoxville. She was uh the she grew up right on the edge of Whittle Springs Golf Course. Oh, right on. Okay, cool. Uh, right on, yeah, it was right on yeah. the golf course. It was right on the golf course. She actually <laughs> lived on the seventh tee box. No, they would actually like... Oh, they'd hop the fence. That's like a North Knox thing right there. Hop in the fence, like walk through the golf course to get to the other side faster. I'm sure they did, but they, like I was going to say is that they're... Um... You, your mom never told you about hopping the fence on Whittle Springs <laughs> Golf Course? It's like a big no. bonding thing. You and your My mom, mom did not hop the fence. Oh. She did not do or take drugs, yes. like take them anywhere. And she made all A's. And I would just like to say that this is a satirical and comedic podcast and any representation of people, in fact, even the personas we take on here are all false. It's, none of it's true. I'm being 100% myself. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, this is all a persona. So I didn't even finish my thought. They would, their house would get hit by golf balls, whatever. Okay. Okay, so we moved to the city. I enroll at Bell Morris. Shout out to Lady Bell of Bell Morris, the ghost yes. that haunts there. Lives on the bell tower, I remember. And I show up today, my first day, Bell Morris, and I'm like... Wait, how old were you when you went to Bell Morris? Um, third grade, so like eight. 
Who was your teacher? Did you have a... Papillon. 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 Papillon de vie. Ma... I don't know teacher. What's teacher? It doesn't matter. Oh. Francaise. Francaise. <laughs> and uh, I remember you from early on because you sucked at soccer. I was I was a prodigy and my my meteoric rise of athletic prowess was we'll tell, we'll shockingly do, we'll crushed. do a short story that'll give you a preview of Grant Howard's life in Knoxville. I was I my memory of you in third grade is my first memory of you is you talking a lot of shit about being really good at soccer. Listen, it's not talking shit if it's true. All right. But it wasn't. Because on field day mm-hmm. in third grade, yes, I don't even remember field day. I think maybe my class won tug of war. I think I have a ribbon or something. Mm-hmm. But the, my main memory of that day is watching you because I was like, oh, there's the guy who says he's good at soccer doing the soccer event. Mm-hmm. So I'll watch him. And I remember you were very far away, at least like it, it, it must was, have been like it was a long kick like really well i remember i was far away from you too mm-hmm. like i could see you but i could see you you messed up so badly that i could tell what happened yeah. even though i was like a football field away yeah. somehow i don't you just like totally missed the kick i topped the ball <laughs> i and honestly it's like the wind up i feel like i had a good wind up on it and well it was kind of intimidating because like this was my first time ever performing in front of a crowd i've never gotten in front of people and done it before. So I go out there, I'm like super anxious, and I'm like, God, I've talked a lot of shit about how good I am at soccer. I was like, if I don't drill this into these two cones that are 40 feet, up, 40 feet apart from one another, being unguarded by people 20 feet away. Think about that. 40 feet wide, 20 feet away. That's a big, that's a, that is a, that's easy. That's a, that's a narrow Did you ever kick trail. a soccer ball again? Did you had you played soccer? Like when was the last time you played soccer before? Before that? Oh no, I I was playing a lot of soccer back in the day, and like no, I, I was actually pretty serious about it. Like I would go to soccer camp every summer. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell because I was super fat. So then you topped the ball, got chubby, you made your mom cry. Made my mom cry. So indirectly that day, I ruined my mother's life. <laughs> okay, so we progress. Some might say I ruined my mother's life on April twelfth, nineteen ninety two, but. <laughs> This is my life, though. So we go through. I'm making great grades. I'm winning AR points. That's out accelerated the reading for our people outside of Tennessee. Uh, go to Whittle Springs Middle School. Just keep killing it. Keep when, killing it. Sets uh, the sets the record for the mile. Correct. Oh, that's true. Uh, as far as I know, still standing. I would assume. Actually, it was a pretty good time. Yeah, I ran a um, six minute mile at the Knox County Track Meet yep. at, in eighth grade, and, and so you were like thirteen. As far years as I know, old. I still hold the record mm-hmm. at Willow Springs Middle School for the mile. Um, I was named Faculty Student of the Year eighth grade. Um, me and you won um, American Idol. I think is what they why did they it? call it American Idol? Why did they just Idol. call it a talent show? We sang Rhinestone Cowboy by Glenn Campbell. Did not think that people would make um Brobat mountain jokes at us yeah uh and afterwards i'd be like i did not think of that. i didn't either it was actually because we don't no it's not like we were making gay jokes back no then. definitely not <laughs> not when i was 13 years old and super problematic <laughs> definitely was not making inappropriate homophobic jokes move on to fulton high school keep killing it really killing it i was killing my gpa as in i almost didn't graduate do you know like what like where you ranked in the class? 
I would say out of our what was our graduating class? Maybe a little over hundred. Yeah, I was probably like ninety five. Really? I was, what was your GPA? Dude? Oh, I don't even know. Like I you literally got into had UT. The, huh? You got into college? Yeah, I know. I mean, but the thing is, is that uh, it was my GPA was so bad, but my ACT score, humble brag, mm-hmm. carried me to get like the the scholarships to you go. You want to say what it was? Oh God, uh, I think I can't remember. It was like a twenty six or twenty nine or something. You got what a thirty. I got a 31. I only took it once, yeah. and I was an idiot. And I, I was like, oh, I, mobile. I that, really that was the same thing, because I was like, oh, I did well. Like, you know, it's like yeah. you and I, especially you, I mean, you were like top one or two in the class, and I was like in the top 10, so I was like, whatever. You know, I'm not going to take this again. I did fine, which I should have. I should have taken it with the writing portion to help myself out. This is really invigorating talk yes, right here. Yes, so... <laughs> Um, we'll know, do it. We'll what, do another episode do on the ACT. What did you do for your senior project <laughs> in Fulton High School, and how did it shape your career choice? We're gonna go through the uh, the uh, curriculum of our uh, senior AP history class. You know what I just really enjoyed? I enjoyed no child left behind. That policy <laughs> of the Bush administration. Graduate seventh in my class. Probably gonna try harder. Oh yeah, harder. much much harder. I, I completely sympathize with that. I just I it's, I think about it a lot. Is like if I was never introduced to the concept of being a lazy fuck, I could have done something with my life. <laughs> I got into like every college I applied for, and then realized that's Pellissippi and UT. <laughs> no, no I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. I know, I know. You applied to NYU Film School. Uh, then realized like halfway through the summer, it's like, oh, I can't pay for anything. Yeah, you would have been like $500,000 in student And thank loan God I didn't do it. Yep. And um, ended up kind of going Pellissippi as a last resort yes. and was like depressed for like six months. Uh, very relatable, Trey. Very <laughs> relatable. Um, we went to Pellissippi at the same time. Yes, we I did. Remember. And a bunch um, of our other friends who then proceeded to drop out over the first semester. Yes. Um. Really sad, actually, when you think about it, how many people that oh, we it's... went to school with that were... I mean, not that they're, like, you know, some of them are doing fine, but, like, I'm talking about just, like, our whole class. Yeah, how many like, went how to few of us actually graduated. Out. Yeah, no, it's pretty sad. There's just not a support system there. Anyways, um, eventually, I just kind of mess around for, like, I think four semesters of Pellissippi, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, I'm just taking random classes. And you got to UT a semester before me, I remember. That's right, I was, and I was, I was like, I gotta myself. get out. I have to yeah. go to a real school. No yeah. offense to Pellissippi. Now, Pellissippi was great. It's a good um, opportunity for a lot of people in the year. No, I mean, really, think about it. Like, yeah, it's free. Especially now that it's free. Yeah, it's free. It's, like, it's, a pretty um, good, it's a pretty good option. So, I transferred to UT, started taking history classes, mm-hmm. um, and graduated from UT uh, with honors. Same. Um, well, do you, what was your GPA? My GPA was a 3.98. So you went from bottom to top. I went from not graduating high school and... In high school, you were a bottom. I was a bottom. You bottom. I was a power bottom. Yes. Like, solid foundation. High, college? I you did the a, reverse. Usually it's, you know... Yeah, it's when I usually realized, kids go the other way when, it's a, when they it's go when to I, college. I, I, <laughs> I realized the existential threat of failure was imminent in right. college, and how bad it could go for me if I did not succeed in some way. So let's talk about this. Let's. Um, I remember I graduated with a three point eight one, yeah. which is you have to get three point eight yeah. to get summa cum, summa cum laude. Cum laude. Yeah. And. I didn't really care. I wasn't paying attention. I somehow, even though I was like, just like tired and. And this is a man. Well, I was hanging out with him at his mother's house, 
mm-hmm. in Powell, Tennessee, a suburban area. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. And I just took my last final that day, go over to Trey's, and I'm like, hey, man, you got a final day? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, let's eat some Asia Cafe. Shout out to Asia Cafe North, our sponsor of this podcast. And Trey looks in his email, has an email from, was it was your honors? Was it your honors? I don't think I had, I don't think, How was it that you discovered that? What I happened think, was is Trey missed a I final. missed a final. He did not show up to take a like a thirty percent of his grade final. And I was the best student in the class, and then I like somehow got a hold. Or I guess you she, called the professor in her office. I called. Office. She didn't answer. Of course, why would they answer? Yeah. But she was like, "Let me take it." And she was like, "Yeah, I thought it was really weird that you." Uh, didn't show it because it, it was literally that you had just thought it was the next day. I thought day. it was like the next day. Yeah, at the, was, you had the time right, but you I was thought like, it was one day off. You know, it's finals. No, and it's I was terrible. Working a lot. Yeah, it's it awful. She let me take it, and um, I was kind of so freaked out. I don't think I did well. I ended up getting, I think I got a B plus in mm-hmm. the class, which I know I had like a 99 or something before. So yeah. she probably like, Damn. but um, but anyways, I, but some of my last, that was earlier. I think that was my first semester at mm-hmm. UT. Um, my last semester, I somehow managed to get all A's and just sneak into the summa cum laude. Yes. And I remember feeling like that you were upset that I also got summa cum laude. Because I had worked so hard for it. And you had been bragging about how you were going to be... My GPA. I know yeah. I was obsessed with it, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I felt there was a little resentment. I don't think I've ever brought it up, but I felt there's a little resentment that you that we you had to share um, summa honors with me. Well, also to throw this back, I remember when we were taking AP Chemistry in high school and we went into the second semester of AP Chemistry and Trey had prided himself in being one of the few people in AP Chemistry that was passing the class. We took a test on nuclear chemistry and I was the only one in the class to pass the test and you were fucking pissed. I, I could noticeably tell you were mad that I had done better than you. I honestly have no idea what oh, you're talking I, about. Oh, I remember this, and I'm glad that your shame has forced this out of your memory because everybody got their test back. And I remember our uh, teacher at the time, Mr. Arnold, came up and was like, good job, Grant. I'm glad to see you applied yourself on this one. And you looked at your test, and you walked across oh, to I your seat. also hated chemistry. Loved it. But, yeah, no, so I worked really hard. In college. That was my only time I worked hard in high school, by the way. One week in AP Chemistry. Uh, failed that class miserably, even though I loved the teacher because I was a piece of shit in high school. And, uh, yeah, worked super hard. And uh, to my defense, grandmother died and a close family relative got diagnosed with cancer. So thanks for pointing uh, some pain at that, Trey. Make it, making some fun there about real-life misery. Does that... Does that really affect, like, grades, though? See, so what I would say is, is that a true academic would push away all family and only look towards academia. And the friends they make in school, they probably ostracize themselves from all friends and relatives and just live in the coursework. And that's what I should have expected of myself. Maybe like a, uh, a stoic lifestyle. Maybe sell my car. Live behind Hodges Library. No, you. I think you've done well for your situation. You think so? Yeah. I mean, you're fine. I mean, I got a, I got a art degree and... You know. So yeah, I had a very Knoxville experience. Well, not a very, I, very I went, Knoxville. Experience. I went to. He grew up. I've been. I've lived in halls. Lived in halls. Pow. Pow. Gibbs. Gibbs indirectly. Yep. Yes. Um. In the city of Knoxville. You lived up there uh, off Fairmont and Whittles. Yeah, off off Whittle Springs, and 
uh, now live in West Knoxville, still in the city. But shout and, out to Big Bearden. Um, so I have really experienced a lot of neighborhoods in Knoxville. Graduated from UT, and you know I've been to Market Square a couple times. Been it's there a couple lovely, times. couple times. It's very nice. So uh, I think I'm more than qualified to talk about. Um, you know, to knock on Knoxville's door a little bit. Yeah, shout out to the Suffragette statue on uh, Knoxville's uh, premier square, Market Square, and it's uh, the prime rib square. The prime, it's the prime rib square. Yeah, you, yeah, that's what they. You oh. heard it wrong. I fucked that up. Yeah, actually, you know those like benches. Yeah. Every bones of steaks. Yeah, on Prime Wednesdays. They take well, those are Wednesdays that happen to fall on a date that are a prime number. Exactly. My favorite dates of the year. And then they cook prime ribs on the benches. So it has to be prime Wednesday during a prime month like July, hot in Knoxville. Right. So they can cook it on the prime rib bone bench in the prime square, Knoxville, Tennessee. Prime, prime Wednesdays. Prime Wednesdays. Prime rib Wednesdays. Prime. The prime rib square. Prime rib Wednesday. So I feel like we touched a lot on your life going through my life. In yes. Field, but is there any other highlights you want to hit? Look, actually, where were you born? So I was born in a small suburb of in Houston, Knox- Texas. <laughs> what? I was born what? in Humble, not, not Humble, Texas. Grant, you yes. were not born in Knoxville. And in true Texan I fashion. I have to find someone else to do the podcast no, no, with. No, no, listen, listen. You, completely listen. unqualified. You're completely unqualified. No, I'm Knoxville by proxy. I'm Knoxville by proxy. Wait, what is proxy I think that's when it's like through someone else and you just rip off them. So you like steal credit from someone else. Okay. This is like Eli Manning cheating from his brother, his yeah. brother's excellence, to sneak two Super Bowls. He's like, oh, I think I can win a couple of Super Bowls too, but Manning. He's like, hey, dad and bro are real good. <laughs> he doesn't call try. his brother Peyton. He He's calls him Manning. Manning. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one who gets to use the surname. My Manning, my Manning. <laughs> and he's like, Eli. <laughs> Oh, Eli, don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> That's a very good Peyton Manning. I'll just like to say that I'll, I'll just big big fan of Petro's uh, Chili Chips and Cheese for sponsoring me to be the first Petro Pro Chili Bowl Championship Pro Player. Thank you very much, Budweiser. Wow. So are there any other, like, uh, any other things you want to hit on about your life in Knoxville? All right, so let's see. I grew up two blocks from Fulton High School. Off of uh, the cor- near the corner of Nadine and Lawson. Can you give the address? I mean, I don't want to. I it's mean, I, we have no, some it, hardcore fans out there. I mean, I don't know if you can look down there, Trey, but there's a ravenous hordes of fans right here in the uh, World Fair Park. I think they're just playing Pokemon Go. Oh, wait, that was like two years. Ago. Yeah, I think I see enough Jinko pants and like trench coats to think that people are playing Pokemon Go down there. Um, so, grew up North Knoxville kid over there. Um, lived in a small rental house that was painted with lead paint. My dog ate some of the paint chips when we were a kid and we had to put her down because, you know, slum Okay, you're really going through all the... I'm going you're through going, all You're going to talk about all your dogs and everything. My dogs. Uh, my cat, Shadow, got killed by a dog when we moved to our new Actually, house. Actually, I don't think we would... Let's just hear about all your pets. All my pets, Let's okay. Let's just go through the pets and then we'll learn a, a all lot right. about you. All right, so when I became a Knoxvillian, we had two dogs. We had Dixie Darling. And Cassie, the blind schnauzer. That was her name, Cassie the blind schnauzer. Okay. She wasn't blind, but it was one of those things where it's like if you call someone, if someone's name is loser, they believe they're going to be a loser. So it's like Cassie the blind schnauzer became blind, unfortunately. Never saw it coming. 
All right, so and then we picked <laughs> Your up next two pet. cats. Okay, then we picked up Autumn. Shout out to Autumn. Great cat, great name for a cat. She was awesome. She was horrible when we first got her, and I remember I actually have a scar on my back to where I tried to introduce her to her family. And like, you know, as a child holds, what? as a child would hold a cat, I'm like holding this cat by her neck because <laughs> I don't know how to hold a cat. She didn't know her family? She didn't know her, the dogs that lived in the backyard. So here oh, I am. I thought you meant like, you, oh, she no. found her cat family. No, no, no. Like, I'm introducing her to her brother and or her to her oh, sister. So you thought it was a good idea to hold a cat by the neck in front of some dogs. Yes. And like, you know how like kids can't hold fucking cats. So I'm like, she's like. She's, like, fighting me and shit. I got my hands underneath her shoulders. She's just, like, arms out. And uh, I open up the back door, and there's just, like, a 100-pound lab right there. And that cat freaked the fuck out. I mean, she cut me up, man. Like, ran up my chest, ran down my back. And my mom comes running in there. And she was like, what's going on? And I just said, I just wanted her to know her family. I think you deserved it. I think I deserved it, too. Next pet. Okay. Next pet. Um, Dixie runs off. Um, Cassie, we have to put her down because you know she gets old. Um, then we pick up Abby, the uh, Boxer Dalmatian mix. I remember Abby? It's a very sweet dog, very loud, barked all the time, very similar to her owner, which is I, with a loud voice that penetrates through walls and then comes out in inconvenient times. Uh, also, earlier, as I told you before, record, I told you had a what did we? You said you had a. I had a meteoric, meteoric, and uh, powerful voice. And I said your voice is also not only meteoric but mediocre. Yes, which has also been the greatest fear of my life is mediocrity. <laughs> so, doing well to achieve that one right now. Um, so get Abby. Uh, we live in that small rental at the corner of Lawson and Nadine for a little bit there. And my parents moved to a nice redwooded clad house on White Oak Lane, right across from Whittle Springs Middle School, our old stomping grounds. Oh, we stomped all over those grounds. We stomped all over it. We just walked around just plopping. And I was wearing new balances that were too big for me, just stomping everywhere. Yeah, I remember uh, wearing, getting a size like 11 tennis shoes. It was way too big. When I was like 70 pounds and feeling like an idiot. Yeah, it was like, they were like clown shoes and they were like white as shit in the front. And, like, the toe would dip in because your feet were too small. Next pet. Next pet. Uh, didn't have a next pet until my cat, Fergus, that I have currently. Your current cat. My current cat. My so son. So, we're all caught up. We know about <laughs> me. We know about Grant. Yes. And I think we have established that we are qualified to talk about Knoxville and knocks on Knoxville's door a little bit. Um, when we come back, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Knoxville Knox, not Knoxville. Knox, Knoxville. Knox, the, Knoxville, Trey. The Knox County, Knox Mayor's Race. Did that, that sound good? Did sorry, you like? Okay. So we'll be, we'll be right back with more Knoxon on Knoxville's Door, baby, live from the Sun Sphere. Thank you so much for listening to Knoxon on Knoxville's Door. If you guys have any ideas, questions, comments, or concern, or maybe even potential topics, please shoot us an email at tipofthesunsphere at gmail.com. That's T-I-P-O-F-T-H-E-S-U-N-S-P-H-E-R-E at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Grant D. Howard. And I'm at Trey M. Townsend. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast app. 
to uh, get all the new updates for the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Grant. No, but seriously, thank you. No, Trey. Thank you. And thank everyone at home. And thanks to you, Grant, the most. No, Trey. No. Thank, thank you. Bye. Hi, guys. Grant here. Early voting for the Knox County mayor race ends on July 28th, and election day is August 2nd. Make sure to get out there and vote. Welcome back to Knoxin' on Knoxville's Door, the only podcast in the Knox County and Tri-States area brought to you from the tip of the Sunsphere. I'd like to thank our sponsors today, Smokey, and uh, yeah, throw it right over to Trey. Thanks, Grant. We're here to talk about today the Knox County Mayor's Race. Yes. We just had the primary. Just Tuesday. had the primaries for the Democratic and GOP. Um, and I feel like... Is there anyone in your orbit that talks about the Knox County mayor race? Or the, have you heard people like talking about it? Just you're out walking on the street, walking around Prime Rib Square. Walking around Prime Rib Square. And uh, I usually pass by people who've had one too many um, spiked orange teas from Petro's on Market Square. And I hear, if you don't vote for Glenn Jacobs, I'm going to fucking choke slam your ass. Really? Oh, man. So you're just hearing... Basically, so that's actually a good point. I know you're being... being this no, is, I'm being serious. This is the serious part. Oh. Um, but basically, all we've heard about the Knox County Mayor race is that the former wrestler... Is Kane, Kane. The big red is monster running. is running as county mayor. But the thing is, the Knox County Mayor is actually an important job. No, it really is. Yeah. Allocation of the budget... You know, it's like infrastructure planning. It's it's they uh, they actually have a lot um, of power, especially over education because the mm-hmm. the budget is like sixty something percent. Yes. the education budget. So um, let's go over the the primary results. Glenn Jacobs, aka Kane, the wrestler, the big red monster, beat Brad Anders by twenty three votes. Yes, and that's this is actually wilder because before the provisional votes came in, actually on election night, he only beat him by seventeen. Yeah, and they after they counted it, he actually won by twenty three votes, which is still just point zero four percent of the vote. Yeah, it was crazy. It's wild. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, that's about as close as a race can be. Um, and that was the Republican primary. Obviously, uh, in the Democratic primary, uh, she was expected to win. Uh, Linda, Haney Linda Haney beat yes. Rhonda Gallman. Um, she got a, over four thousand votes, um, which is honestly pretty pretty good for a Democrat running in Knox County. Jacobs got over fourteen thousand. You got to think though, that's split three ways. Yeah, because there was another candidate who had like ten thousand votes, yep. and the so. You like maybe have you probably have like eight thousand Democratic mm-hmm. votes cast, and then you think so because wasn't it there was something pretty crazy going on with the Democratic like candidates, right? One of yeah. one woman gave up her seat, correct? One she, woman had I'm trying to remember, but the Gallman was has legal trouble in yes. Los Angeles. Yeah, she had a four hundred thousand dollar bond put against her, so when she, she was visiting her son. She wasn't even like uh, really campaigning, yeah. so. It was really like a formality that Haney would win. Another interesting part is that on the on the night of the election, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to check the election uh, results, the results, yeah. and the website was displaying nothing, and the Knox County election site was hacked. Yeah, they actually had a it's called a DDoS attack. So they like they overflowed their website and it just crashed it. 
And now Knox County is claiming that the that it didn't affect the results. Yes. They said whatsoever. It was just the website. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, I shout out to the election board for approving that our uh, our Knox County elections are like you know very thorough and uh, well structured. They were adamant in saying that this would not affect the machines because they're not connected to the internet at any time. You know, I also read you know like Huffington Post had an article that like some it was like some. Uh, data specialists from some college like in Ohio and they were like, well, I don't see how they can say that, how they can say that. Really? So he yeah. said that that actually might have been a lie. But, um, I don't know. It's like, I trust it. I yeah. don't have any reason not to, I guess. I mean, when the margin's that close, but that's though, still, that's yeah. still a little, a little wild that Knox County's website was hacked on election mm-hmm. night. And I don't, I feel like people aren't really paying attention to. Yeah, to it's this. like it's kind of weird. Yeah, you know, it's been especially like the history of all the strange things happening with our country's elections in the past year. So Knox County is known is known for being Republican. Yes. So Glenn Jacobs is going to be presumed to win to win the um, general election. Yeah, he's going to be August. presumed to win the uh, county mayoral seat. Which I I read an article. I think it was the New Sentinel, and it was like. In the heart of Trump country, which you know I think is a little misleading. Yeah. We have, you know, Knoxville's mayor is is a is a Democrat. Is one of the most liberal Democrat yes. mayors in Tennessee. And this is a uh, Mayor Madeline Rojero, who's in her final term right now and is loved by Knoxvillians. Um, at the women's march in twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. there were it was a massive turnout. There were five or six thousand people, which downtown. is amazing for a yeah. town with a what is our county population two hundred fifty thousand. I mean, it's unbelievable. Like so I think to turnout. call. Knox County, the heart of Trump country, is very misleading on so for uh, many different yes, reasons. It, it, we could probably do a whole podcast about that. Mm-hmm. But let's go. Let's go into Jacob's background and talk about it a little bit. Of course, he's known as the wrestler Kane. Yes, I actually have a memory of I met him at the Halls Walmart as a kid. He was standing outside like doing all, and I didn't like wrestling. I didn't care, but like I got his autograph just because he was there. And see that's that's one of the I things that actually when I was growing up, I was a big wrestling fan. And I also met the man when I was a child and he was one of my favorite wrestlers. And uh, one of the things that always seems to precede Glenn Jacobs, the man, is that he's a very kind man. He's very he's very nice. He doesn't have a big personality about him and he's always like has the time to like greet fans and just be an overall nice person. So I would like to say that does precede him and he does have a nice reputation. Which probably which has really helped him because mm-hmm. he's he's not been shy about going out in public and meeting people and he's used to it. He has the experience, he knows how to shake hands and have small talk and be nice, which honestly would be hard for me. So he likes to not to be nice, but he's just good to, at small talk and shaking small hands with his giant right. gorilla hands. I saw that, you know, the WWE or whatever list him as seven feet tall, but he's actually more like he's six, eight, I think is what he actually seven, is. Um, yeah, six, 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 eight. And also it's just so interesting. Cause you know, we talked about how it, like his reputation of being nice precedes him, but the WWE is actually took this from a new Sentinel, the Knoxville news Sentinel website actually took a description from WWE and I'll read it right here. It says, A profile of Jacobs on the WWE website says, Some of the Big Red Monsters, that's his moniker as Kane, the wrestler, some of the Big Red Monsters' more demented acts have included setting a WWE Hall of Famer on fire, hitting a WWE executive with a tombstone, not the physical tombstone, that's a rule, that's like a move in wrestling, um, kidnapping too many superstars to mention, and forcing a WWE diva to marry him. No one is safe from his twisted desires. And demonic impulses. Sounds like a mayor to me. This message brought to you by Glenn Jacobs for mayor. So Glenn Jacobs, he wrestled for I don't know how many years, probably ten or twenty years. 
He still wrestles. He stopped like a he, year ago. I was about to right? say he was wrestling last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he, he, I think his wife is from here. He yeah. did up moving. So, so they have a uh, insurance company and a real estate company in the right. area. I think in Halls. I think that's right. Yeah. Um. And his when it comes to his policy. He's very clear. You look up on his website or he's anywhere. a libertarian. He libertarian, says, yes. limited government, mm-hmm. low taxes. Uh, but he also focuses on education as well. He wants like education to succeed in this county, which kind in of a very unspecific mm-hmm. terms. As was word. true with all of the GOP candidates, I will admit, is all of them. It was interesting if you looked at their policies they were running on. It was low taxes, better infrastructure, um, better schools. That's yeah, like wait, the big thing. Which is the thing you ask that you ask people. You say, oh, do you think we should have um, better infrastructure, better mm-hmm. roads? They're like, yes. Do you think we should invest more in education? Most people, yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you think about taxes? Oh, they should be lower. Or it's like, yeah, it's oh, just one of those things that's where it's like, ah, you want a lot, but you don't want to pay for it. It's kind mm-hmm. of those things. And actually, I found he went on, the day after he won the race, he went on um, Fox News, which apparently mm-hmm. he goes on Fox News, has been on Fox News semi-regularly over the past year or two because you know they love any like any celebrity they can get that's oh absolutely somewhat conservative conservative celebrity they want it they'll eat that up for sure and he was on with neil cavuto who um actually had a really interesting segment with um about donald trump the other day it was all over like he called he said trump you stink or something Mm because you're lying um which is rare to see a fox News. i was about to say and this is a host who said that so he was on with um, Neil Cavuto, and I, th- I thought he had an interesting – Cavuto asked him a pretty good question, actually, and he had an interesting response. Let's listen to that. I think Trump's done a very good job, especially with the economy. I mean, we see he's cut regulation. I think the tax cuts, uh, you know, really heard, helped spur some growth. I'd, I'd like to see some spending cuts, but, you know, hopefully Yeah, you're big on uh, limited government. Yes. Um, so you don't like that. You know, government's out of control. It, it gets out of control, Republicans and Democrats alike. Um, but you do want to improve the infrastructure, as does President Trump. So how do you do that? Well, in our case... Uh, what just happened in Tennessee is they just raised the gas tax. That's right. So there's a lot more money coming into the state. Are you for that? Are you okay? I was not. I was not for that, but it's happened. But so it's going to provide case, that infrastructure. Yeah, in this case. Uh, but often what happens is when the government does things like that, it never seems to be applied to the projects that they say it's going to be applied for. And I think it's incumbent upon elected officials to make sure that if we're going to demand more tax money from people, that we use it in a productive manner and not just say, oh, this is what we're going to use it for, and then they find out that it was used for something else and sometimes something very frivolous. So he's saying um, he wants, Kavuto asked him, he says, so you want to invest in infrastructure, mm-hmm. but you also... He's against this gas tax, yeah. which has provided more money for infrastructure. And that was repl- approved by a Republican Senate in this state that has a supermajority. Yes. With, under a Republican ma- under a yeah. Republican governor, rather. So, actually, when you think about it, um, Jacob, Jacobs is pretty right-wing. He's very right-wing, very especially right-wing. when it comes to fiscal policies. Um, and I have a hard time, like, I think he's using infrastructure and education he's saying better education is general terms mm-hmm. he's not actually 
going to put any money how is he going to put any money into that unless he diverts resources which yeah, is very so, he's so not very specific about that so that's the whole thing where it's like the concept of uh right-wing campaigning where it says balancing the budget that's that concept where he's going to allocate funds he's going to trim the fat within the budget and try and say how i've have had uh, or have heard some people explain it take one percent from some places and allocate you know if you take one percent from 10 departments you can allocate 10 percent of the budget more into education or something like that but um, there was actually a quote that I also saw um, that was as well on a News Sentinel article. And it's, uh, he's talked, this is a quote from, um, from the uh, mayoral candidate, Jacobs here. He says, it's, it's going to go for roads. He's talking about the money. He's talking about uh, revenue allocation here. He's saying, if it's going to go for roads, well, if that's the case, then our roads will be made of gold, he says. If it's going to schools, well, then all our kids should have PhDs because we spend a lot of money on that. And he's not necessarily wrong. There is a lot of spending on that. But the problem is that I know I have quite a few friends who are teachers at Knox County Schools, and my wife is a teacher at Knox County Schools, that they can't even afford to buy teachers' paper in these schools. So it's it's one of those things where it's like in theory, it's, he's right. There's a giant portion of the budget. You said 60% that's going towards schools. But basic supplies are still lacking, and you know it's it's one of those things right. where it's like some schools are one to one and have technology, other schools can't even afford to have paper, or in schools that are falling apart. Well, I know in Tennessee in general it ranks probably I think around the top bottom ten of mm-hmm. like funding for public schools. Well, you know it's one of those things that a lot of people outside the South don't know this phrase, but it's thanks thank God for Mississippi. It's that joke we have about we're not the worst of the worst. Though there's another Southern state that's worse than us, which is you know. Kind of misery loves company. It's always Mississippi, Alabama, Alabama. South Carolina. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, and the, the, let's move on. Let's give some time to the, the Democratic candidate. So, Linda Haney, mm-hmm. she is, I think she's 70 years old. She's a longtime founded Democratic Party member in right. the uh, city of Knoxville. I think she's retired from OR, ORNL. Yes. Um, she was chair of the democratic party for a time i think she's was is the vice chairman she's very active with the uh knoxville young democrats i see that she goes there and like helps organize events with them on her facebook page okay the thing about haney um so i admittedly had not done like i knew who she was Mm -hmm. but i didn't know much about her campaign or anything and after the primary i was like well um, maybe she can have like a real campaign here. Yeah. Like people are totally writing her off in this political climate. There's a lot of anti-Trump sentiments. What was the state? It was one of our border states actually just had that big election where it overturned. Was it a governor position? Was won by a Democratic for like the first time in like 20 years. In Alabama. In Alabama, that's the right. The Senate race. The Senate race. It, was, it, it was. was the Roy Moore race mm-hmm. where he was, Doug Jones won. And also in Virginia, the gov- the um they won the governorship in a close race. Actually, it wasn't as close as they thought it would be. And then they actually almost overtook or maybe tied the uh, General Assembly in Virginia, which was like a huge deal. Like they had, to, they won back like 20 seats or something. And I feel like that's I think this whole like uh, this changing of political climate in the southeast of this country. I think a lot of people aren't talking about this because we know in West Virginia, there's there's teacher countywide and statewide strikes going on. You know, you're right. There's a lot of angst about like the current policies and administration. Of the way And that's what's so harmful about call. This is kind of an off topic, but it's what's harmful about calling places like Knoxville, Knox County. Trump country because yeah. you're writing off you're just generalizing so 
so much it makes you re- it really comes off stupid yeah well it's the plight of living in the south you know it's like there's a whole miscaricature of what southern culture and being but southern i think means. there are so there are young southern people young appalachian people who are really working absolutely to turn that around i think so too um but back to linda linda haney um so i really had to dig to find out what she stood for mm-hmm. i go i could not believe this is a this candidate sponsored by the Knox County Democratic Party that did not does not have a campaign website. Yeah, she, she has a Facebook itself page. A Facebook, which was shocking to me as well when I was trying to find information about her. But the thing about it, even on her Facebook page, there's nothing that like lists her values. Like when you go to the about, it doesn't have like her platform yes. there. And I know that there's not as much interest maybe in her platform, but it almost seems like the Democratic Party ran someone to run someone. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't see why Linda Haney is a less viable candidate than Glenn Jacobs. Mm -hmm. Glenn Jacobs has a higher profile. Um, I think you can, in this age of Trump, you know, he's kind of the, he's uh, kind of carrying that torch of being like an outsider um, well, it's also a celebrity like personality right. running for a political office. It's very similar to like what you see, like that kind of Trump strategy. And not as much like divisive rhetoric and stuff like that. Not as inflammatory, but he's kind of like using his persona and also his, his notoriety to kind of gain political power. So basically the, what, the only thing I could find about Linda Haney is on um, local news. She went on the local news and did some like short question and answer is mm-hmm. like you know a few minutes here and a few minutes there and she has some, inter- some interesting ideas she has she's a proponent of community schools and i was like if her oh, stuff they're was like available after hours for like safe spaces yeah and, 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 and involves, adult education classes yeah and, stuff. and at first i was like she doesn't mean charter schools because like mm-hmm. that's yeah. there's a lot of people against charter schools now and um but no, I think that's a very interesting idea, and it seems like it's had some, could have some success. And I do know, like, there are some schools in Knox County that already are uh, community schools. I think Vine, right. Magnet, I think Sarah Moore Green, and I think maybe Inskip Elementary might also well. I'm, I could be wrong about a couple of those, but we do have some community schools but already. She talked about wanting to make Knox County like a like a kind of a test case, an example of what community schools could be. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting idea. She is for higher taxes. She thinks that teachers need to be paid more. I absolutely agree with that. She wants to invest um, also in infrastructure, but she actually has, you know, by raising taxes. And she went, she mentioned clean, cleaning up the county. Other than that, not too many specifics that I saw, but still more specific than Jacobs on a lot of things. But I guess in general, when I, I was just kind of disappointed because I thought, I know she doesn't have... A lot of money. I don't think Jacobs honestly has that much money either. I mean, that was the thing is that like the camp, like it wasn't, it didn't look like you're right. It doesn't look like he outspent his. He didn't. No, that was um, the thing is that it was, all these cases were pretty low profile. There weren't hardly any like billboards by the interstate. I didn't hear. I mean, I don't listen to the radio admittedly, but you know, I didn't well, I see saw a much. lot of Republican. I saw signs a lot. I saw a lot of canvassing. A lot of signs. Yeah. yeah but just not, nothing. Um, Democrat wise, but so I think it's kind of a shame that that it seems like Knox County has written off 
people think it's funny that Kane is going to be the mayor. Yeah. And that's probably why he won by 23 votes mm-hmm. because he's, he didn't have the support system of other people that had worked in the Knox County government who had like the money and the um, local influence. But so here we are and we have Glenn Jacobs, who is almost assuredly going to be the mayor. Mm-hmm. But I would kind of plead with Knox Villians to really take a look because it's not like this is necessarily a done deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there are specific things you could point out about Jacobs and run a campaign against him and be effective. I think there are messages that could work. Um, You know, Haney talked about being, she thought it was the right time to run because she wanted to raise the democratic party like the awareness of democrats in Knox County. and also she said as as a woman mm-hmm. she thought it was time for a people to hear a woman's voice mm-hmm. and that's something that a people so many people especially younger people are you know really energized like, by you know yeah. they really relate to that and that's what they're striving that's like what they're crave for in the political atmosphere and maybe it's it's not all like the democratic party and haney's fault mm-hmm. it's Young people should be more involved and energized. Well, I think, I think, kind of how you're talking about playing with Knox Villains about, like, you know, to not write this off. I think they also should be expecting more from our county elections. I mean, I think it's insane that you have someone, you know, getting a large amount of votes, 14,000, but how you said, like, that margin being so close, I think that has a lot to do with, like, the low quality of the campaigns were. Like, they're not talking about, like, policy. I mean, they have, like, these platforms that are so vague and they're using buzzwords, and they're not talking about, like, actual implementation. Like, what's their plans? What are your policies? What are your programs you're wanting to put into this? You know, like, I feel like they're using words and they're not actually trying to teach people on how they're actually going to affect their lives here. Yeah, come out with a plan. Yeah, I didn't like Herman Cain, but he had a plan. He did have a plan. Nine, 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 nine baby. Right. I mean, maybe Haney could come out with a plan. I don't know. 12, 12, 12. <laughs> 12% well, taxes. Well, the thing is that, like, even if 12% Haney... of men go to prison. <laughs> and 12% of... Prime Rib Square is turned into a full-time Prime Rib, um, like, eatery. And only 12% of football coaches at U2 will be able to actually live if they stay in Knoxville for more than 12 years. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of that thing where it's like you're talking about how uh, Haney wanted to bring up the identity of the Southern, like this, I know Southern Democrat kind of has a negative connotation, but like this new Southern, Dem- like, uh, Democratic thinking. And... If she doesn't have the opportunity to win the election, I think you're right. And I think she has the ability to bolster a strong campaign of an opposition movement of saying it's like, hey, like there, these are there are people here that are underrepresented, that aren't being heard and that legitimately want political like, uh, participation and political change to happen in our area. No, I don't know the numbers exactly, but, you know, we have Madeline Rojero who won an election Mm -hmm. for Knoxville mayor. And then ran uncontested in her second term. Right. So there, there's votes there. There's like, you know, if you get the people out, there's votes. And I know this is the County. And then once you get outside of the city, it's a whole different story. It's it's much different culture. But there's still, you know, there's, um, Doug Jones won in Alabama by winning these suburbs. And that's how they won in Virginia. And I, if Doug Jones can win a Senate race in Alabama, 
then a Democrat can be elected as Knox County Mayor. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. So with that, we would like to invite Mr. Glenn Jacobs and or Mrs. Haney, Miss Haney, I'm not sure if she's married, onto the podcast uh, free of charge. You can come up to the tip of the top of the sun sphere. Tip top of the sun sphere. We'd love to have a conversation with you guys. And knocks on Knoxville's door a little bit with us. Uh, do we think if Kane is the next mayor of Knox County, what do you think this does for our image? If anything. Well, I think I think nationwide it's going to be another one of those things where people say, oh, you know, look at these silly Southerners. You know, I think it plays very well into the persona of Southern people being, you know, yeah, we were easily elected, led elected and, or pro wrestling. And I mean, I was about to say, and let's be honest here. I mean, pro wrestling also, it's something that, you know, I would believe people would characterize fans as ignorant, which I know isn't the case. I know a lot of people who are big uh, wrestling fans, but I think it kind of plays in, you know, that whole like redneck Southern hick identity, unfortunately, to the to the nation. Well, and another thing is that you're um, in Jacobs's favor. He seems like a, he does seem like a genuinely nice guy. Yes, absolutely. And well educated. He has a, he has an art degree. He has a, he has a degree in English literature. I guess the thing I ask is, does his you know he's probably been a rich man for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very does, successful for sure. Does that make him? Um, is that what gives him? the experience to be mayor and relate to the everyday Knoxville. Well, you know, that was one of the things that I heard some of my peers who were, you know, excited about him running is like, you know, uh, well, he has a degree and, you know, he's a successful businessman. It's always that thing that I'm always hesitant to ask. It's like, what about um, economic ventures or business ventures made you qualify to participate in democratic, like, politics? You know, like, what, what, how does that actually transition, you know, because it's like, you're thinking about commoditizing people and using them as ways to get money from them and stuff. And is that really what you want from someone who's going into a life of civil servitude? I guess another point I was trying to make is that it's also on the officials. Um, you know, he's running as a outsider, but it's also on the like career politicians to Honestly, do better. Yeah, absolutely. Represent your people better. Be better candidates. Well, I feel like that's really like where it was lacking is that uh, this is the whole thing we were talking about how these campaigns didn't seem high profile. It didn't seem like they were really fighting against each other. It's almost like the uh, the GOP saw that Jacobs was going to win. And even though this was such a close race, it's like, you know, they were like, well, we'll just use his image and his, uh, his name to get the seat here. And I feel like, honestly, it's like, this is once again what I bring up. It's like I feel like voters should demand more, even if they're voting. You know, if they are Republican, I feel like they should demand more, knowing policy wise. And this is once again, it's like career politicians. They really could have attacked him on that. You know, how how do you understand and how do you have the expertise to actually be an effective executive position in the county government? You know, like I know uh, Brad and is it Anders or Anders Anders I think. You know he's he's currently standing as a Knox County Commissioner. He's a city or is a county commissioner, right? City commissioner. I'm not sure. He's a commissioner. He still has two years left in his term, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he and worked in the police department. Worked in the police department. And you're talking about people here that have you know true, at least departmental or civil service experience working within tax funded um, job fields and actually trying to provide a service to the citizens of Knoxville. Now you have someone coming from the private sector 
you know, it's just, it's one of those things that I feel like people should always be a little more stringent upon, you know, asking like, what makes you qualified for this? I agree. Um, I think we covered it pretty well. Do you have anything else you want to say about the Knox County mayor race? No, I would just like to say this isn't a bit. Glenn Jacobs, Linda Haney, please come and visit us. We'd love to interview you guys and have a conversation with both of you up here on the tip of the sun sphere. The ditto. Well, thank you, Grant, for um, partaking in this first episode of Knox and on Knoxville's Door. We sincerely thank you for listening. Um, and we'll see you next time from the tip of the sun sphere. This has been Trey. And this has been Grant. And we'll see you on the other side of the sphere, baby.